0: coming up now on Established in the Faith. Spiritually speaking, some of you in here this morning, you're bald-headed because you've laid your head in the lap of Delilah. And you've given up the secret behind the power. And all you can think back is the way it used to be. Well, I'm here to tell you today, the hair can grow again. see all of you out in the house of the Lord today. They told me a couple of months ago that I was going to do homecoming. Notice I said they told me. I'm the pastor here called They Let Me Be. But uh, I started seeking the Lord back then as to what He would have me to bring to you today, and I tried to go in a certain direction with this. And uh, the Lord, I just couldn't get it together, so the Lord laid this on my heart, so we're going to go in this direction. We've been dealing with Samson now for uh, several months. And uh, today, I guess, if the Lord leads that way, will be the final message in that series. So if you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of Judges, chapter 16. Judges, chapter 16. And uh, even in the moments leading up to taking the pulpit this morning... I still question in my mind, Lord, have I got the right message? Lord, is this really what you want me to give to the people? And then uh, Brother Terry stood up here this morning talking about the hair, how some of the hair is falling out and some's turning gray. And by him making that comment, I knew that I was right on target. Let's begin, if you will. Judges chapter 16, verse 19. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. She began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out, as at other times before, and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters and brass, and he did grind in the prison house, howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. And I don't know if you feel that last statement or not, but I feel that. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, the hair began to grow again. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning I thank You for this privilege that we have to stand before the people and to minister Your Word today. Lord, I thank You for every person that is under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, I believe You have given me a message to give to these people Lord, I dare not embark upon this message without asking for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me. And help me, Lord, to rightly divide this word of truth, form every word in my mouth, Lord, that questions will be answered. Your people will be drawn closer to you in some way today, is my prayer. In Jesus' name, and everyone said Amen, and Amen. Samson was the strongest man in the Bible, and he's the strongest man in the world for all of time. His strength was connected to the Nazarite vow, which the angel of the Lord appeared unto his mother before he was born and said that she would bear a child. And that she would bring him forth, and he would begin to deliver Israel from the dominion of the Philistines. And this little boy would be a Nazarite from birth. The Nazarite vow stated that you were not to eat any kind of grape products. You were not to eat anything unclean. You were not to touch a dead body, and you were not to cut the hair. And if you were a man, you were not so much as even to shave, to trim the beard. And his parents raised him from a little bitty thing coming on up according to this Nazarite vow. But there came a time in Samson's life when he had to make a decision... He had to make a decision to consecrate himself to that vow, which he did. And along with that consecration and dedication to God came a strength unlike any other human being in the world has ever had. A gift of strength and ability. The strongest man in the Bible. How many of us would love to be like Samson? I remember as a boy coming up, I watched the Incredible Hulk. Bill Bixby played David Banner and Lou Ferrigno played the Hulk. all you know, oh, something would happen to David Banner and he'd get angry and bust out of his clothes and turn green. And Oh boy, if somebody made him mad, it was on, brother. And I remember watching that show as a kid growing up, and I wanted to be the Hulk. And I don't know how many times I'd get back there in my room, and I'd get mad, and I'd get angry, and I'd start throwing stuff around, and I'd rip my shirt, and I'd rip my pants, and boy, I was the Hulk. I found out Mama could play the Hulk too when she found out I ripped my good Sunday clothes. <laughs> Every single one of us today are like Samson. Samson is a type of you and I. Samson was able to do great and mighty things for God. You and I today as well are able to do great and mighty things for God as well. Some of you don't know what that is yet, but if you'll continue to follow his leading and guidance, you'll be able to do great and mighty things. Samson was able to do mighty things. And he began to deliver Israel from the dominion of the Philistines. And he did these amazing things, and and the Philistines couldn't understand it. They didn't know where this power, where this strength was coming from. What is the secret behind the power? Does he have a weakness? And yes, he did have a weakness. Here we have a man, the strongest man in the Bible, the strongest man in the world who would ever live, could defeat the enemy without many times over, defeated a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a dead animal. He could defeat the enemy without with no problem. But when it comes to the enemy within, the sin nature... That every single one of us have. That's where the problem was. Like I said, Samson is a type of you and I today. Samson's strength was not so much in his hair, although there was a connection there. it, It wasn't so much in the hair as it was in the power of the Holy Ghost the power of the Holy Spirit that you and I have today, but in a greater measure than even Samson had. Well, you say, well, Brother James, I ain't able to do the things that Samson did. But yeah, he could defeat the enemy without, but couldn't defeat the enemy within. You and I today have the power through and by what Jesus Christ did at Calvary's cross that opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come within our hearts and lives to bind up that sin nature that every single one of us have. Bind him up and render it ineffective. And friend, let me tell you, Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen. Romans 8 and 2. This right here is the law of the Spirit. This is how the Holy Spirit works. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit works within the confines of the finished work of Christ. As you place your faith in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did on Calvary, that right there opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come within your life and work. And my friend, let me tell you something today. If you don't know that, if you don't know how the Holy Spirit works within your life, how the Holy Spirit works to defeat the enemy within, then my friend, the enemy without is going to get you. And hear what I'm telling you today. The Philistines wanted to know the secret behind the power. Dan, if you will, Judges 16 verse 4. The Bible says that Samson loved a woman whose name was Delilah. The lords of the Philistines came up to her and said, Entice him and see where in his great strength lies and by what means we may prevail against him. Delilah represents something in your life that's in competition against God. You think of what I've just said. Let me say it again. Delilah represents something in your life that's in competition against God. Delilah was the tool that was used by the Philistines to find out the secret behind the power. Where was this strength coming from? They used her to get him to give up the secret behind the power. And Satan is going to do the exact same thing with us today. He wants us to give up the secret behind the power. The secret behind the power is faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And Satan wants us to give that up. Sadly and regrettably, a lot of people in a lot of churches are giving it up today because it is an offense. I'll deal with that in just a moment. But Satan is going to hit you. He's going to attack you. And Satan's not going to come at you with pitchforks. You can see that coming from a mile away. But he's always going to hit you with something that you love. Something that's in competition against God. What is it? What is it? What is it in your life that's in competition against God? And Samson, the strongest man in the world, is now struggling for the first time in his life. He's not struggling with a thousand Philistines, he's struggling with that one thing in his life that he loves. He's struggling. The Bible says, Judges 16, 16, that Delilah pressed him daily with her words and urged him. Is there something in your life that's pressing you? Is there something in your life, an urge within, that's not right, that's ungodly? And you know it's ungodly. You know it's not right, but there's an urge, there a compulsion within to do that, which is wrong. Is it there? It's pulling you away from God. Samson, the strongest man in the world, he was surrounded one time by a bunch of Philistines in a particular city. He was in that city doing something he had no business doing. I'll leave that alone. But God dealt with him in the midnight hour. And I thank God today that He'll deal with mankind in that midnight hour. I don't care who you are. You may be in the midst of your midnight hour, but God will deal with you. He'll touch your heart. He'll pull at you to try to pull you into salvation before it's everlasting too late. And God dealt with Samson in that midnight hour. And he knew what he was doing was wrong. And he got up out of that bed... And he went and took those two, that that gate of the city, the two posts that held the gate, the bar and all, and he grabbed a hold of that gate, pulled it up out of the ground and put it upon his shoulders, had to have weighed over 1,000 to 1,500 pounds, lifted that gate up out of the ground and put it upon his back and walked uphill with it. Glory to God, a weight that should have crushed him. But yet he's carrying that load. How many of you under the sound of my voice today, you are under a load. A load that would crush the average human being. But for some reason, you're able to handle it. You're able to carry it uphill. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that's within your heart and life. And the average person can't go through what you're going through. But God can trust you to carry that load and to set an example and to show the enemy out here that you're not giving up, you're not going to stop, you're not going to quit, you're going to keep going forward, you're going to hold on to that nail-scarred hand. Glory to God. Strongest man in the world who could do anything. He's struggling now with Delilah. That one thing in his life that he loves more and... Ladies and gentlemen, it can be anything. It can be a car. It can be a truck. It can be a loved one. A boyfriend, a girlfriend. Your husband, your wife, your mama, your daddy, your children. That career, that job, money, a house, riches, fame. It can be any number of 101 different things that I can name here today. What is your Delilah, Satan wants to use that to get you. Three times, three times Delilah pressed him, wanting to know the secret behind the power. And he'd tell her something only to wake up to find himself in the situation of which he told her. And that should have been a sign, that should have been a warning to him. This is a dangerous woman, Samson. You don't need to keep fooling with that. You don't need to keep messing with that. But he ignored the signs. And he continued to lay his head on the lap of Delilah. And today the church is guilty of laying its head upon the lap of the world. He played the game. And my friend, let me tell you something today. When you play the devil's game, it ain't long before that game begins to play you. And when you play the devil's game, you're going to lose. Everyone loses that plays the devil's game. She came to him one last time. She wanted to know the secret behind the power. And Samson knew that he had already offended her three times because he lied to her. And he told her all his heart. He gave up the secret behind the power. I wonder today how many churches are giving up the secret behind the power because it offends the world out here. How many churches are giving up Jesus Christ and Him crucified because it offends people? He gave it up. Went to sleep in her lap. And she had the seven locks of His hair cut off. Seven is God's number of completion and perfection. Your salvation in Jesus Christ is perfect. What Jesus Christ did at Calvary, it needs nothing added to it. It don't need anything taken away from it. It is a finished work. Your salvation in Jesus Christ is perfect. You don't get there by what you do. You don't get there by what you don't do. You get there simply by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Who he is and what he did. But Samson gave up the secret behind the power. And now his hair is cut off. And she awake him and said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. The Bible says he got up and knew not that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. The Bible says that he shook himself and said, I will go out and fight as I did before in the past. But nothing was happening. That right there is a perfect picture of a lot of churches today. There's a lot of activity and motions going on. A lot of churches going through the motions. But nothing's getting done. Because they've given up the secret behind the power. You see, oh Lord, help me here. I don't mean this to be ugly. But well, we just let the pieces fall where they will. A lot of the messages that are preached today are more man centered than God centered. Now, you think about what I've just said. Much of what is preached today, and God help us, there is a church on every corner. The radio waves today are full of preachers preaching. Television's the same way. But the gospel that's being presented today is more man centered. What do you mean, Brother James, man centered? Well, we don't want to say anything that might offend somebody. We want to use the gospel and tell people how to get rich. We want to use the gospel and tell people how to be a better you. Well, let me tell you something today. You can be a better you by repenting of your sin and accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and then let the Holy Ghost have His way within your heart and life. That's how to be a better you. You see... How many of y'all have got some toothpaste at home? I know better than to take that toothpaste and get in the shower and try to use it as soap. Wash my hair with it. You have to apply the toothpaste to the right place, right? Well, the gospel has to be applied to the right place. And if you don't apply it to the sin in your life, Then all this other stuff, and yes, there is some prosperity in the gospel. Yes, God wants you to be better than what you are. But unless you deal with the sin, unless you apply it to the right place in your life, you can forget about the rest. But see, we don't want to deal with sin because, like I said, it offends people. We want to preach a smooth message that will draw people in. Smile, it increases your face value. Yeah, it might. But I know something that will put a smile on your face and it will put a joy and a fire down in your heart and it will change your life and it's the Holy Ghost. And only you can get that at Calvary, at the cross. They're not preaching it today. Churches are giving up the cross because it offends people. And let me tell you what happens now. The Bible says that the Philistines put out his eyes. Verse 21. Jesus said, Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen, Revelation 3 and verse 17. This is the church at Laodicea, the church of the last days. And this is what Jesus Christ had to say about the church in the last days. Thou sayest, I am rich and increased with Goods and have need of nothing, but knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. The Philistines put out his eyes because he gave up the secret behind the power. They brought him down to Gaza, Judges 16, verse 21. A preacher that's not preaching the cross is leading that church down an ever downward spiral. And here's the thing about it. You might be going to a church today, and the parking lot's full every Sunday. And you say, Brother James, everything's going good at my church. I got one question for you Where's the cross? Where's the cross? They brought him down to Gaza, and they bound him with fetters of brass. Again, verse 21. When the cross of Christ is not preached in the churches like it ought to, it brings bondage. Now, what do you mean by that? People get the idea, and it's rampant today. I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. And my friend, let me tell you, I, 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 I want you to come to church. But you must understand that your church attendance has nothing to do with your salvation, none whatsoever. Some of you in this place today, you put a $1,000 check in the offering plate, and I thank God for that. But that money you put in the offering plate has nothing to do with your soul's salvation, none whatsoever, none. Some of you stood up before the congregation today and you taught Sunday school. Some of you stood in the choir and you sung and you led the congregation in singing. All of your mighty works before God does not save your soul. And we got people out here giving away bottles of water, they're washing cars, they're cutting grass, and they're doing all of these things, and they're thinking that doing these things somehow saves me. No, it does not. You do these good works because you are a Christian, not to become a Christian. Am I making sense to you? This morning I'm a human being, and because I'm a human being, I eat. Maybe a little more than I ought to. But I don't eat to become a human being. Or am I getting, are you getting the picture? Bondage, bondage. They bound him with feathers and brass. And he did grind in the prison house. Grinding in the prison house. A pole went from the floor to the ceiling. There'd be a bar that come out from it and you could go around in circles it had a millstone hooked to it. and The person would stand on the outside of it or an animal of some kind would walk around in circles and that millstone going across the grain would, would, would crush that grain and grind it up into a fine powder. And here we have Samson now in, in, in the prison house and he's grinding flour going around in circles. Does that describe your relationship with God? Your walk with God, just going around in circles? How many churches today that's full of activity, but just going around in circles? Got something going every night to the week, but just going around in circles. Why? Because they have give up the secret behind the power. They got marriage counseling going on, they got... A hundred and other one different things you can imagine. But the cross of Christ is not being preached and taught because it offends people. Because sin has to be dealt with when you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother James, you sure preaching mighty hard this morning. No, I preach like this every Sunday. And I'm going to shell it down because I probably won't see most of y'all next week. If I ain't got your toe yet, just hold right there. I'm coming. Just hold tight. He ground in the prison house. And I know this morning a lot of things I've said is negative. And I don't mean to be negative. But my friend, we can't, we can't deal with the positives until we deal with the negatives. You can't understand the solution until you understand the problem. And as Samson was going around in circles, this big millstone grinding up powder, poor, pitiful, pathetic Samson, no doubt he goes back in his mind when. The Spirit of God flowed through his heart and through his life and he was able to do mighty things. And he thinks back to the past. How many of you in here today, you go back in your mind to a better day, the glory days of the church when people would come into the church and get saved and the church house was full and it's always about the past and what God did in the past. My friend, let me tell you something today. My God is able to do it again because the Bible says that Samson was going around, around and around in circles. In that prison house. That the hair began to grow again. Glory to God. Oh I don't know if y'all feel that or not. But I do. The hair speaks of renewal. Starting over. Some of you this morning you're sitting here bald headed. Spiritually speaking. I ain't got room to talk because I'm getting there. I'm sorry, Rogaine can't help this, his age. I've got more deserters than I have converters, unfortunately. But spiritually speaking, some of you in here this morning, you're bald-headed because you, 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 you've laid your head in the lap of Delilah. And you've given up the secret behind the power. And you find yourself this morning in bondage. And you're blind. And all you can think back is the way it used to be. Well, I'm here to tell you today, the hair can grow again. And Samson, although the Bible doesn't come right out and say it, he repented. He got his heart right with God. And see, that's what it takes for some people. It takes it getting some people flat at their back for God to get their attention. They have to go through a time of great affliction. Believe me, friend, God knows what area of your life to touch to get your attention. The hair began to grow again. And they called for Samson that he may come and make them sport. Verse 25. Have you noticed... How the world out here is constantly, especially the entertainment world. They glorify homosexuality, but they make the Christians look like some kook. Like the village idiot. Have you noticed it? But the world has always done this. Make the Christians look like a fool. They made sport of Samson. A young man gets a hold of him. They're bringing him out. I want you to look at this, if you will. Verse 26, Dan, if you will. Samson told that young man, said, Take me to the pillars. The two pillars that were holding up the roof. Those two poles there that were holding up the roof. Let me put my hands upon those Poles, and the young man did. Now if you've read this story, you know what's coming. The house was full of the lords of the Philistines. There were senators there. Congressmen there. Democrats, some Republicans there. Some socialists was there. Some communists were there. Some progressives were there. And Samson asked that young man to take him to the polls oh good grace and mercy there ain't nobody in here hearing what I'm saying today I'm saying it's you as a child of God you need to exercise your right to vote and go to the polls here in a couple of weeks and vote out those that are trying to destroy this country because that house was full of the lords of the Philistines that were out to destroy Israel and Samson went to the polls to get rid of those that were trying to destroy Israel and you and I child of God here in a few weeks we need to go to those polls and vote and vote vote out those who are out to destroy this country Samson said get me to the pillars get me to those polls and then he prayed if you go to those polls and pull the curtain you don't know who to vote for pray and ask God Matter of fact, before you even go to the polls, do your research. Ask God to help you vote in those that will vote the Bible and do things that will help further the gospel. Because let me tell you, in 2020, there's an election coming up. And if things go wrong, I will lose my right to preach this gospel right here, the only gospel that's able to save men's souls. That's what's at stake, ladies and gentlemen. Samson bowed his head and prayed. Lord, remember me. Remember me one more time. Let me die with the Philistines. He placed his hands upon those two pillars and he pushed with all his might. And the Spirit of God flowed through him one more time. And I pray today that that is your prayer. Lord, do it one more time. Lord, let your Spirit move through the church one more time. That the things that kill, steal, and destroy will be removed and that life will come. Lord, do it one more time. The pillars fell down and the roof fell down. And the Bible says that Samson killed more in his death than he ever did in his life. Some say that Samson in doing this act committed suicide. But I submit to you today that Samson did exactly as Jesus Christ did. He died to save his people, and Samson died to save his people as well. This morning, we look back over the lives of those that have gone on to be with the Lord. There have been many since I've been pastoring here at this church. I've had to stand in front of too many caskets, another victim to cancer, another victim to Alzheimer's, another victim to age. And we think of death as being a defeat. But my friend, for the Christian, for those who give their hearts to the Lord and trust in what Jesus did at Calvary, their death is not a defeat. Their death is a great victory. And I want to ask you this morning, How do you see yourself? See, because somewhere in this story, you'll find yourself. You're either sitting here this morning and you do not realize the potential and the power that you have. Some of you do realize that potential, but you're struggling with something. You're struggling with Delilah. It's in competition against God and you're struggling with that thing. Some of you have given up the secret behind the power. And you do not have the strength, the spiritual strength that you once had. And you're spiritually blind. And your Christian walk is just going around in circles. You're not, you're not getting anywhere. You're not doing anything. Does that describe anyone in this place today? We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Maybe there are none here today, but I'm sure there are some that are listening by radio. If that describes you today, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to ask this congregation to repeat it after me. If God has spoken to your heart today, Mean business with God. But I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer right now. And I'm going to ask this congregation to repeat it after me. And mean it in your heart. Just saying some words won't save you. Just saying some words will not rededicate your life back to the Lord. But if you believe it in your heart. Then the Lord will save you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And repeat it after me. Dear God in heaven. I come to you. In the precious name of Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin, the life I've lived, the things I've done. Please forgive me, wash me, cleanse me with your precious blood. I realize in my heart that I am a sinner. And I can't do it within myself. But You, O Lord, and by what You did at Calvary, can do it for me. And do it in me. And right now, Lord, I confess Jesus Christ and what You did on the cross. Lord, I confess You to be the Savior of my soul. And Lord, I'm asking You now, Lord, let the hair grow again. Lord, help me to do that which You would have me to do for the upbuilding of Your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- 299 This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at establishedinthefaith.com P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina 27807. We look forward to hearing from you.